Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Foster running right across the five. He gets in. Arian Foster, his third touchdown of the day. And the Texans are beating up Indianapolis. What is good? What is up? It's Jordan of Texans Thoughts. And we're back with another episode today. We're breaking down the Texans' first round picks in the 2022 NFL Draft. I'll talk about why I'm happy with our selections, you know, what expectations should be for these rookies, and preview a few targets for the top of the second round, which is our next pick. If you guys enjoy, hit the like button, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Alrighty, let's get right into it. So at third overall, the Texans selected Derek Stingley, the cornerback out of LSU, And I was surprised because, you know, there was a ton of smoke that the Texans really liked Stingley in the last few days before the draft. There was so much rumored interest that, you know, I honestly thought it was a smokescreen by Nick Casario. I really didn't think he was going to show his cards like this, but I don't know. My my best guess is that he was so confident in the Jags taking Trevon Walker first and the Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson second So he just didn't really care if the world knew he loved Stingley because he was going to be available at three and he was going to take him. So my initial reaction was really pure shock. Um, But analyzing, you know, who Stingley is as a player, it gets you really excited. You know, first off, he is a swing for the fences type of pick. Very high ceiling cornerback due to his athletic gifts, you know, running a 4-4-4-40 and jumping 38 and a half inches in the vertical jump, for example. So the athleticism is enticing and the ball skills that Stingley possesses, man, he looks like a wide receiver out there. Then you factor in, you know, the fact that he's still only 20 years old and at 18 years old, he was dominating SEC wide receivers who would go on to play in the NFL. So for such a young prospect to have shown such a high level of performance, you know, he had six interceptions and 15 PBUs as a true freshman. You really have to believe that the ceiling on Stingley is, you know, a perennial pro bowler with some all pro appearances too. So there's a lot to like with Stingley, but no player is perfect. And I want to bring up some of the concerns I've had on Stingley and why he was my cornerback three this year. First and foremost, you know, is Stingley's decline in play during the 2020 and 2021 seasons. He missed a few games in 2020 due to an ankle injury, and in seven games, he had zero interceptions and zero pass breakups. The production was just not good. His play on the field was just not the same as his freshman season. And that continued in 2021, where he missed even more time, only playing three games due to a Lisfranc injury. Now, this can be a pretty serious injury, 
that can take up to two years for athletes to fully recover from and get back to 100%. So because of that, because of that injury, and because of the degree of difficulty, you know, it already takes for rookie quarterbacks to cornerbacks, sorry, to transition to the NFL, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Stingley takes a little bit to get comfortable and, you know, show his full potential. And that's okay, you know, as long as we temper our expectations, you know, and don't expect him to be putting up defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year type numbers right away. It's very rare for a cornerback. So that being said, you know, I still think we're getting a very good future starter who can be a true cornerback one that locks down wide receiver ones of all types of sizes and athletic profiles with our addition of Derek Stingley. So overall, you know, while I think, you know, Sauce Gardner maybe would have been a safer pick at cornerback, Stingley's upside is just through the roof and gives Nick Casario, you know, his next JC Jackson or Stephon Gilmore to be the face of the defense. Now, moving on to our second first rounder, and, you know, it happened like most thought, Casario traded down from 13. The Texans gained the 15th overall pick, a fourth rounder, and two fifth rounders for that 13th overall pick that they gave up. And according to Over the Cap, you know, they kind of graded the trade and how much each pick is worth. And using their model, the picks that the Texans gained was worth 3,016 points compared to the pick that we gave away, the 13th pick, being worth just 1,700 points. So I definitely think looking purely at the draft picks involved, that was a dub of a trade. To gain three extra picks for moving down just two spots, you know, I'll take that all day for sure. Um, furthermore, you know, I strongly believe the Texans took the player at 15 that they would have happily taken at 13. So by selecting Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman out of Texas A&M, we've added a mauling run blocker who, like Stingley, is just 20 years old and has high upside. Would I like to just stay at 13 and, and take Kyle Hamilton? Man, you, you guys know I would, but that's a rant for another day. Today, we're focusing on Kenyon Green. And while I do think he was a bit of a reach because I did have a second round pick grade on him, I don't think he would have actually made it to the 37th overall pick, which was our next selection. You know, in the rest of the first round, there were four other interior offensive linemen who got drafted after Kenyon Green. So there was clearly a high demand for the position and the Texans needed to secure their guy earlier than just most predicted. Um, overall, you know, I like the green pick and think it may not be perfect value, but years from now, you know, we'll forget all about this quote unquote reach. Knock on wood. Uh, green, you know, he's a great compliment to Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, who should and must stick at tackle with green slotting in best at guard. Um, I think he plugs our biggest hole on offense and can start at left guard basically from day one and more on that in a little bit. Um, as for Green's skill set, you know, on the field, what does he bring? What are his strengths? You know, he's a physically imposing run blocker, um, which fits exactly what Pep Hamilton wants to do on offense in his scheme. He's really just a powerhouse of a human, you know, the large human being at 6'3", 323 pounds. And I'm excited to watch him pancake some defenders in the run game. Our O-line is in desperate need of some of that mauling mentality and that bully ball. So now as we did with Stingley, you know, I want to discuss some of Green's weaknesses to paint the full picture on who he is as a prospect. 
Green is a bit of a lower floor, high ceiling player because, you know, speaking to that low floor, he is pretty inconsistent in what he showed in his college tape, you know, inconsistent with his technique and his effort. When his pads are low, his hands are well-placed and he's giving 110% effort, you know, the dude has moments where he looks like Quentin Nelson, just paving lanes on the ground and being a, a solid pass protector too. His highs, man, they are high. They're absolutely high. But his lows are also, you know, pretty low and, and ugly at some times. His, his raw technique could definitely lead to some early, ugly moments as a rookie. Now, that being said, I think he still should start early on in his career, pretty much day one, because I think you want to give him as many reps as possible to play through and learn through, you know, his mistakes. So as far as expert expectations go for Green as a rookie, I think he might have some ugly moments, especially in pass protection. But by mid-season to maybe the last third of the season, you know, I think we're going to be really getting like an average to above average starter there at guard. And that's exactly what we need. So throughout his career after that, I think, you know, he'll probably be in contention for some pro bowlers. But I think, you know, it'll really come down to the offensive line coach and, and how much they can coach him up to see if he can really attain those Pro Bowl achievements. So overall, I'm optimistic about the potential of both of these players. Even if they may have some rough, you know, like welcome to the NFL moments as rookies, you know, I would still grade the Stingley pick as an A and the Green pick as a, you know, B+. Plus. Now, the Texans are not done after the first round and still have 11 more picks to be made. Their next most impactful pick at the top of the second round at 37th overall. And I think there are, you know, five players I'll highlight today that I would love us to add. And I think edge right now is our biggest need. And it actually aligns really well with how the board has fallen. Um, first up, you know, David Ajabo out of Michigan. I think he would be another swing for the fences type of pick who, you know, he'll likely have to re rehab from his Achilles injury and miss his entire rookie season. Um, but the upside on Ojabo, man, it's through the roof and it's as like pretty much a double digit sack guy per year. So another edge guy I would like to target and absolutely love to draft as a Texan would be Arnold Abiquete. And he's someone who will play as a rookie. So Abiquete out of Penn State, he re reminds me of Jonathan Grenard in the way that he is a very refined pass rusher in terms of his technique. He's smart. He's got a strong motor to get after the football. But then I think he's a little bit more athletic than John Grenard. So having two of those types of players, man, across from each other, it's going to be a great, great match. Hopefully that can be one of our picks at 37. Um, after those edges, I love Georgia linebacker, Nicobe Dean. He's my sixth overall player in the class and I just think would be an absolute steal at 37. Um, I think another interesting scenario would be adding another elite cornerback in Andrew Booth, who I actually have rated higher than Stingley. Um, so while cornerback, you know, it's not our biggest need right now after adding Stingley, signing Steven Nelson, you know, we got Desmond King, uh, Lonnie Johnson and all that. We got a lot of bodies there now. I still think Booth's talent would just be too much to pass up, in my opinion, at the top of the second round. Um, and then lastly, this will be an interesting one, but I think the Texans will need to have a serious conversation about Malik Willis if he's still there at 37. This is a guy who many believe has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this class. You know, he's a special rusher who would add a new element to the Texans run game. And furthermore, he doesn't really even have to play as a rookie. I don't think there's going to be too much of a 
there doesn't need to be too much of a competition and pressure on Mills there. I think we can still give Davis Mills the 2022 season to further prove himself while Malik Willis, you know, develops and learns from Pep Hamilton just like Mills did. I mean, if Pep can turn water into wine like he did with Mills, whew, he's going to do special, special things with Malik Willis. I just think it's a conversation, you know, you've got to have if you are Nick Casario and the Texans. But all right, guys, that's going to do it for the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed and had a fun round one on day one of the NFL draft. Feel free to follow me on Twitter if you haven't already at Texans underscore thoughts for, you know, more updates on the draft and really my unfiltered thoughts and emotions. I'm sure day two will have me just as riled up as day one did. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Take care, everyone. And remember, the film don't lie. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.